Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus it's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Tremendous football Thursday here. Nick Ken and you on the BetQL Network. Great to be simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next couple hours here as we are each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Great first hour of the show, talking NFL awards. Uh, updated everyone on the quarterback news as well here on this Thursday. Daniel Jones still not cleared for contact. Deshaun Watson practicing today for the Cleveland Browns. Jimmy Garoppolo out for the Raiders. And Justin Fields once again does not practice. Uh, if any other quarterback news comes in, we will obviously bring it to you here on this Thursday. We got a certified banger of the next three hours coming your way here on the show. Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Bet Spurts will stop by in 20 minutes giving us all his favorite prop bets for week 7 in the NFL. Steve Berline, analyst for CBS Sports both on the NFL and college side. Former NFL quarterback Steve Berline joins us an hour from now. Can't wait to chat the National Football League with Steve Berline. Our friend Joey Kanish coming up next hour as well. Evan Silva joins us in the Power Hour uh, to talk week 7 in the NFL and all our bets obviously for tonight coming up as we move along including side total and props for the Jaguars and the Saints on Thursday Night Football but joining us right now to kick off our number two on this tremendous football Thursday is our good friend Adam Chernoff. Churn is the host of the Simple Handicap Podcast, which is a badass NFL betting podcast that we urge our listeners and viewers to check out. Adam has been coming on our show since 2019, literally, and supporting us. So support Adam and check out his podcast, The Simple Handicap. And make sure you download the Right Angle Sports app, the RAS app. A free download features insight and commentary from pro bettors on everything that happens in the NFL. Churn, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, happy week seven. Happy week seven to you guys. A lot of fun games to talk about and a lot of sides to get into. So there's a, a big menu this week to pick from. Yeah, sometimes, you know, the guests we have on the show and like everybody's honest, right? Sometimes you look at the board and it's like, you know, it's just not a lot going on here. Like there's not a lot that I like. We, you know, we, Nick and I have that, that same thought sometimes. And that's not the case, Adam. I think this week with you, I like, sent us a bunch of stuff that you like, a lot of sides that you like, which is uh, awesome and, and can't wait to get into some of them. And actually you have a, a, a thought or a, a play on tonight's game. Okay, maybe it's Trevor Lawrence and he and he looks really good. Game time decision, but like trending toward playing. Doug Peterson kind of told us that. So, okay, Trevor Lawrence. Here's the Saints as like a one two point favorite at home with a total of about forty. Uh, what do you like in Thursday night football? 
Uh, like the Saints, uh, laying the number at home, uh, call it less than a field goal. If you're getting less than the three, it's a bet. I think it's still good to make. So we're looking at this spot. Third game in 11 days for the Jags. A bit of a tricky one. Uh, the London trip, not so much an issue, but I just think three really competitive, strenuous games back to back to back. And now you're starting to see them sort of rise into the top 10 in a lot of ratings. You're starting to see cracks in it. We still don't know exactly what's going to happen with Lawrence. My guess he probably plays around 70%. Mobility is going to be cut down quite a bit. But the big injuries to me on the defensive side of the football, Tyson Campbell, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, you take him out of the equation. Last week, we really saw this defensive structure change for the Jags. Derek Carr goes after Pete Carmichael on the sidelines. Bunch of communication issues. They've allegedly sorted that out. I think we finally see the Saints offense look a lot better, especially within the red zone with Williams back. So, Give me the Saints at home here. I think it's a tough spot for the Jags. All right, so turn going with the Saints on Thursday night coming up tonight against Jacksonville. My friend, let's turn our attention to Sunday slate. And uh, may, I don't know, maybe maybe it was you guys that kind of moved this number off a of three. But let's go to Chicago for the Raiders and the Bears, uh, where Tyson Bagent looks very likely to start for Chicago. And we await official confirmation on the Raiders starting quarterback. We know Garoppolo going to be out. It'll either be the veteran Brian Hoyer or the rookie, the Green New Deal, AOC. Uh, Vegas currently a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. What do you have here for the Raiders and the Bears? Nick, you're the media pro. Is it Bagent or is it Badgent? What's the official pronunciation we're moving I, forward with I have, here? I have heard, like, many people say many different things. I believe it's Bagent. I'm willing to be wrong on that, but I think it's Tyson Bagent is how to pronounce his name. We're backing Tyson Bagent then this weekend. I've been going with Badgent, but I'm okay with the switch. Let's make it happen and make it stick. I think it's a spot where the Raiders here just getting too much respect. They get the win, but it's it's a very misleading cover in terms of how that finished late. This is a defense that just allows opponents to take everything underneath, everything short. I think if you put any quarterback under center, Badgett, Bajent, whichever one we're going with, he's going to be able to move the football a little bit. And the big thing for me, the Bears got all their secondary guys back last week. And it actually looked pretty decent against Minnesota. Maybe we forget a little bit. They played a number of games with three or four starters down in the secondary when they looked really, really bad. And so you give me a backup quarterback, whether it's Hoyer or O'Connell, it's going to be a win game. It's a short total. You're getting points at home. I don't think you're seeing a big difference between either the backups for Las Vegas or what we're going to get from Chicago. Just give me the points with the home underdog in this one. Adam, a, a ton of markets. I know you've noticed this too. A ton of markets around that two and a half, three range this week. So a lot, a lot of small spreads. Quarterback news in a bunch of those games, including Washington and the Giants, where you know Nick was saying before that he was on radio in New York. Everybody kind of thinks like Jones probably not going to play, but like we'll see. So maybe Tyrod Taylor, maybe it's a hurt Daniel Jones. Regardless, Washington's been bet out to a three-point favorite. Now they were about two and a half all week, and this finally went to three Giants offensive line, even more in shambles somehow than it was before. We did that in the first hour of the show. Uh, what do you like here? Commanders on the road laying three against the Giants. We'll kind of stick with just sort of the consistent handicaps here as we go. I would say of all the games I kind of sent over, now with this move, this maybe to me with this list we'll talk about is the least appealing, but I still think you're getting a little bit uh, of a good spot here with Washington, even at three. It's really, really simple. You mentioned the Giants' offensive line injuries. We saw what that's looked like all season long, but what are they going to be able to do to buy time for whoever is under center to attack this commander's secondary? We saw what Chicago did a couple weeks ago. We saw what Desmond Ritter did last week, right? These are two offenses that everybody has been talking down about, the lack of the passing game. 
Both exploded against this commander's secondary. If the Giants don't have time to protect their quarterback, they're not going to have time to exploit this secondary. Washington is going to stop the run. And then on the other side, I think it's a spot where Sam Howell can do enough. And so happy to sort of oppose the Giants here off of that big spot for Brian Dayball last week going back to Buffalo. I think this is just really tough with all the injuries again. So I would look to the commanders here laying the field goal at minus 105. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken on a tremendous football Thursday talking week seven in the NFL with our friend Adam Chernoff from the Simple Handicap Podcast and Right Angle Sports. Follow Churn on Twitter at Adam Chernoff. Churn, I love that you've got like like plays on all like the quarterback uncertainty games because I've had a lot of problems with these games this week and I love that you're coming in hot with a lot of strong thoughts here and I mean that sincerely. Uh, let's go to Indy for the Browns and the Colts where I think we've got a little less uncertainty now. Deshaun Watson does get a, uh, a limited practice in today on Thursday for the Browns so it looks like Watson's going to be on track to start. We know Anthony Richardson obviously out for the season for the Colts so Gardner Minshew starts again for Indianapolis. The Browns out to a three-point road favorite with the Watson practice news on Thursday. The total is 41. What about the Browns and the Colts from Indy? I have to look to the Colts in this one. And just kind of going along the similar lines here, you get the Browns off of the huge win last week. The defense plays as well as any defense could play. They just barely sneak by. And now you have kind of the reset situation. They're traveling to Indy. The run game for Cleveland's going up against a great group of linebackers for the Colts. I think that kind of negates this matchup. And I just wonder now that this has ticked up a little bit. Very likely we see Watson on Sunday at this point. But like what what percentage of 100 is he going to be? I think it's certainly less with the way that this weird injury has trended for him. And maybe there's just a little bit too much respect for him coming back after missing a couple weeks that I don't necessarily buy into. I'm not the biggest Gardner Minshew fan. But in this spot, if it's Watson, I think we're getting a really good price here with Indy. And if we don't get Watson and it flips like it did a couple weeks ago on game day, well, you've you've got a better quarterback in Minshew than either of the backups that Cleveland could potentially put out there. And we saw this lingering around two and a half. So uh, I'm happy here to take Indy at three. I think this Watson stuff getting a little bit overrated for him coming back uh, at less than 100%, which I don't think is going to change this offense that much. So give me the Colts. Adam, let's do uh, Falcons Bucks next. Two teams rough performances last week, especially rough quarterback playing for both teams last week. Right? Desmond Ritter, seventy-five chances to to get in the end zone and tie that game. I had the over in that game. That was very very upsetting that Oof. he could not score a touchdown there and put that over the total. Uh, so they end up losing at home to the Commanders, and now they go on the road to play Tampa, who got smashed by Detroit last week. Baker Mayfield telling me after the game, like, yeah, like. I sucked like we were really bad. Yes, they were Uh, Tampa laying two and a half in honestly like a game, depending on what happens tonight, like a game that really could decide the NFC South at the end of the season if New Orleans is going to underperform like this. So Bucks two and a half on the road. The total's been bet down a lot, looking like 37, 37 and a half. Yeah, good point there with the NFC South implications. Ken, I've got two things here. So with your comment on Ritter, obviously the turnovers were bad. There was was a really good post-week write-up that I follow and those three turnovers cost the Falcons a combined 40% in win probability. It's just a massive number. They were all backbreakers, but where I'm kind of conflicted here as someone holding Falcons season long futures and their win total over is for the first four weeks of the season, everybody was complaining because Desmond Ritter and the Falcons with Arthur Smith were not throwing enough. The last two weeks Ritter has had 300 plus yard outputs back to back. And so it's like, we're finally getting what we wanted, but now no one's willing to criticize Bijan Robinson and the absolute clunker that he put up. We had just an 8% rushing success rate. And so 
versus expectation, the Falcons still aren't throwing enough. And maybe that's a dangerous thing with Ritter. But I'm looking at it being like, okay, we're finally getting at least throwing attempts out of this team. And it's not just eight, nine guys in the box stopping the run. So I think that that's kind of a positive for Atlanta, even out of that loss. But what I will say from the Buck side, like I, I'm just happy to fade this team where they're at right now. When you're looking at a lot of aggregate rankings, they're right around 15 or 16th. It's an offense that has attempted the fewest passes on first and second downs so far through six weeks, and an offense that has been living and dying on third down. Through six weeks, they're number two in third down offensive EPA per play. That's just not something Baker Mayfield is going to sustain with this offense, and now they face a really, really good Falcons defense on the other side. So I'm getting two and a half points here with the Falcons. I'll take the points on this one. All right, Churn, we've we've done some games that maybe like aren't really that great this week. Let, let's do one that is going to be pretty awesome. And that is, well, this one's not. It might be, I guess. Uh, the, well, the Ravens and the Lions. I'm actually really excited to sit down and watch this game. Baltimore, a three-point home favorite against Detroit. Uh, what do you like here with Baltimore and Detroit? Uh, give me the Ravens minus three at home. Another one. We're just kind of continuing on with these kind of simple, straightforward handicaps. You have the Lions now off of another win. They're at the absolute peak of the market. Have seen them as high as second and things like DVOA. They're just getting a ton of respect. On the other side, you have the Baltimore Ravens who have this offense that's really starting to sort of figure things out now that they're healthy. But guys, the big thing that stands out to me is you have a ton of wind in this game. Forecasts in the in the mid to high 20 mile per hour range. That's going to kill any passing games. So if Jared Goff wants to go on the road for a second week against a good defense that's going to be able to generate pressure and put up just kind of outlier performances like we saw last week. These are usually spots where he struggles a ton. And now you're taking Montgomery out of the equation. You have Gibbs at less than 100%. Reynolds in the backfield for the Lions is banged up too. I just don't think the Lions are going to have a consistent run game in this spot. And I don't think Goff can repeat that performance two weeks in a row. And Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator for the Lions, following the Mahomes game in week one, said, we've got a problem defending mobile QBs. And you look back last year, they allowed some massive games to mobile quarterbacks. And if we've got wind and passing is down, it's going to be a big Lamar game on the ground. And he's facing a defensive scheme that just concedes a ton of yards. So I like the Ravens here at home laying three. Adam, only a couple of games left, but we only really have like 90 seconds. So maybe just like 30 seconds here on, on both, because I know you have two that you want to talk about. We finally get to a big point spread game. Seahawks laying seven and a half against the Cardinals. No Kyler in this game. It'll be Josh Dobbs. 30 seconds here, Seattle and Arizona. Uh, entire secondary is back healthy for Seattle. All week they were talking about how big of a deal that is. It's a defense that has its run front number one in the NFL per play against opposing runs. Transition week for Arizona going on the road with the QB switch looming. I think this is a spot where the Seattle defense cleans up, and we're going to see the Seahawks offense that's getting healthier have a really big game against the league worst defense on the other side in the Arizona Cardinals. So I'll lay the big number here. Give me Seattle minus seven and a half. Seattle, my favorite side of the week. And Chern, let's close on Monday Night Football where Kyle Shanahan addressing the media right now in the Bay saying Christian McCaffrey day-to-day with his oblique injury. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. Niners currently like a six-and-a-half, seven-point road favorite in Minnesota. Need this in 30 seconds or less, please. Vikings offense look completely different without Jefferson. That's a big problem. But now they have a big problem on the defensive side with Davenport, their best pass rusher, going down too. Two big pieces gone from this Vikings offense, and they're playing a 49ers team off of that ugly one in Cleveland. They nearly got by, but this is uh, their toughest opponent of the season so far next to KC. 
think San Francisco pretty comfortably covers this number against Minnesota. We had a lot of games. This is a great yeah, segment with great. our pal Adam Chernoff. Uh, yeah. So we want we want everyone. Churn's the best. You got to support Churn uh, on Twitter at Adam Chernoff. His sports betting podcast, his NFL betting podcast, is awesome. The Simple Handicap. You can find it wherever you find your podcast. Be sure to check it out and follow uh, Adam's work over at Right Angle Sports and download the Right Angle Sports app featuring insight and commentary from pro bettors on everything that happens in the NFL, including like awesome write-ups on the game. Churn was kind enough to send me his one on Monday night. Nailed the handicap on C.D. Lamb over receiving yards. Churn, we appreciate it. Best of luck this week with the bets. We'll catch up with the next week thanks very much guys enjoy week seven on the other side connor allen stops by from bet spurts and four for four connor's favorite props for week seven in the nfl we'll be right back with you better you bet presented by bet mgm on the bet ql network Looking deep, wants it all. Jamison Williams looking for the ball. Got it! Touchdown! Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Uh, Fox Sports, courtesy of the call. Adam Amin last week. I think. Why do I think like him and Joe Davis like sound exactly alike? Do they? they do. Like, am I wrong? On they, they do, right? They do. Yeah. Because every time we play either of them, having every time either of their calls play i like always just hear like the catch of his life from both of them yeah afterwards every time and, it's like jameson it's williams like, the catch of his life it's like that wasn't even him <laughs> right <laughs> it's like like i like the crack of the bad <laughs> <laughs> just in time for halloween that was pretty spooky yeah. it's, it's, it's like it's like it's like a bird being shot out of the air and like a careening to its death <laughs> um okay Connor Allen's going to join us in just a second. We'll talk Lions with Connor. We'll do that's uh, the James Williams touchdown. Lions beat the Bucks. Uh, you know that that old chestnut last week. Um, Steve Berline still to come. Joey Kanish still to come. Evan Silva still to come. All our bets still to come. But listen, we got news for everybody. And Connor is going to join us in just a second here. But we've got like big time breaking. You better you bet show breaking news here. Oh yeah, bets of bets of steel. For all you sickos, you psychos, and we love you and we appreciate it, that are like demanding bets of steel or hockey bets earlier in the show, we will accommodate you. 5.40 p.m. Eastern Time, bets of steel today, featuring not only hockey bets from me, not only hockey bets from Ken, but we have, and I bleep you not, we have bets of steel tonight. From Jeremy Roenick, who came on the show yesterday, went 4-0 and in the picks he gave out. We texted Jeremy to get picks for tonight. He sent us back like four sides and also a, like a three-team parlay. So we have hockey <laughs> bets of steel from Jeremy Roenick coming up later in the show today. So ask and we shall deliver for you, dear listener yes. and dear viewer. Bets of steel, 5.40 p.m. Eastern time. All right, without further ado, we bring in one of our favorites, our good friend Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Betsperts. Connor is on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. He supports the show. Uh, support. Connor by checking him out on Twitter again at Connor Allen NFL. Check out 4 for 4, check out Bet Spurts, and check out Connor's NFL betting podcast, Move the Line, featuring other friends of the program, Ryan Noonan, John Daigle, among others. Connor, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, happy week seven. What's up, guys? Yeah, it's been a good season so far. Looking to keep riding a little bit of a heater here, a couple consecutive profitable weeks. So, you know, can't complain about any. Uh, Anything going on there? You know, I think I lost on a couple hooks last week, but, you know, hey, we're on to week seven. 
And Connor, I know, uh, you know, we played that Jameson Williams touchdown there, obviously, because because you want to talk about this Lions Ravens game, which, you know, a- after Dolphins Eagles, which is obviously like the sexy headliner Sunday night football to and hurts in a really high total. Like this is probably the game that Nick and I are, are most excited to see a lot of under the radar, not under the radar because everyone's saying it, but just new buzz about not just the Lions are good, but they're like Super Bowl good. Or should we be betting them to win the NFC? Is, I got Jared Goff MVP on like six radio interviews this week. So just like that's all happening right now and it's you know with this game kind of in the backdrop taking place on sunday ravens three low total maybe some weather 42 43 what do you like here yeah i like the lions uh plus three here it seems like it's still widely available i think this is gonna be a pretty big test for baltimore's defense right now their metrics look awesome but you know so far they played against the titans which you know didn't even have Brian Tannehill the whole time houston pittsburgh dorian thompson led cleveland ninja joe burrow and then uh you know gardner Minshew. and so I think we factor all those in right here. They allowed over five and a half yards per attempt just to Kenny Pickett. But we were, we're factoring in this with Detroit passing game here. Like Detroit has been really good so far. And so I think in this spot here, like we're going to see this Lions offense really not maybe not expose the Ravens defense, but I think prove that they're not maybe not quite that top one, two unit that we've seen so far in the season. It might be just a little bit more schedule fueled. Um, and also, I think on the defensive side here, this Lions team, They're getting pressure a lot of times without blitzing. So they're getting pressure 36.9% of the time without blitzing, which is eighth in the league, and which means that they're not blitzing as much. And so I think that's done wonders for them. So like last year, they played a ton of man coverage, and they got exposed from time to time, and were one of the worst defenses in the league. This year, they're not playing as much man coverage. They play zone because their front four is getting pressure. And I think that could cause some problems for Lamar, you know, especially if they're able to get pressure because he's one of the most pressure-dependent quarterbacks in the league right now. He's one of the biggest drop-offs in completion rate there specifically. So I still think Baltimore is going to have some success. But it probably won't come on the ground. The Lions' run defense is really strong so far this season. And then I have some questions about how it will come in the, in the air. So I think all those factored in here, I'm taking the Lions at the points. All right, so Lions plus three, Connor's bet against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. Connor, the highlight that we played coming back from break was uh, the Jamison Williams touchdown as the Lions kind of suffocated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense in that game, winning 20-6. to six. What are your expectations for the Bucks' offense, notably the run game coming up on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, I played Rashad White to go under his prop total here. It was sitting around 50 and a half. I think we're still looking at 48. The big key here is that he was a workhorse in the early weeks, and then he came out of the bye, saw just 53.9% of the backfield rushing attempts. And so now you have that going against a, uh, you know, Atlanta defense here that sneaky tough, you know, first and run to EPA. But if you think about EPA, EPA counts touchdowns, big plays, et cetera, et cetera. There's still 3.78 yards per carry allowed, and they're like middle of the pack in success rate. So all their metrics are shaping up to be pretty solid here. So decreased workload and a tougher matchup here. I think we have projected for like 42, 43 yards. So yeah, I like this down to about 45 here. And honestly, Rashad White's just been bad. I mean, it's like 3.3 yards per carry so far this season. The offensive line has been good enough. So any chance I can get to fade like a Baker Mayfield that offense, especially with a bad running back, is is you know delightful for me. Connor, we've talked a lot about uh, Shane Steichen and overs and Colts games, you know, for the last few weeks. Sometimes we've been on it. We've at least talked about it every week, always kind of leaned to that side. Sometimes we bet it, sometimes we don't. And then we get to this week's matchup against the Browns defense. And I remember being like, do I want the Steichen over this week? Nah, I think I'm good. Like, I think I'm good on this one. Browns, maybe a historically good defense, number one in DVOA. Uh, but a really interesting setup. Seems more likely Deshaun Watson's going to start at quarterback than before for the Browns as a result of kind of like his practice information. Brown Rounds out to a three-point road favorite. The total in the game is about 41. Uh, anything here for you with the Browns and the Colts? 
Yeah, so there's some interesting looks, I think, on the team total here for the Colts. So I played the under of 19.5 points for the, for the Colts team total. And I think, like you said, like this Browns defense has been historically good so far. I think some of it's scheduled field, but I think they showed against this 40, that 49ers offense that they're able to really keep up with top-tier offenses. Now they're getting another bottom-tier one. I mean, Gardner Minshew did not look good at all last week through three interceptions. Like, a lot of his stats were basically just – I don't know, game scripts fueled against the pass funnel Jags defense last week. And now they're getting the Browns defense, which is basically, in my mind, going to win the battle in the trenches, stop them in the running game, and then basically just tee off in the passing game. So, And then on the, on the other side, too, like I don't really expect the Browns offense to push the pace here, which is, I think, one of the concerns that you see with like these Colts team total. Like, if they're going to play fast and let up a lot of points, so, you know, they can score plenty of points and rebuttal. But I just don't really see that being the case here, even if Deshaun Watson's back. He had, you know, one good game, I think, prior to his injury so far. So I think even in a good matchup here, I don't really expect him to be, you know, going bombs away, probably lean heavily on the running game and have mixed success there. So I like Colts team total under 19 and a half. You better, you better hear Nick and Ken. It's a tremendous football Thursday, and we are very happy to be talking Week 7 in the NFL with our good friend Connor Allen from 4 for 4, Betsperts, and the Move the Line podcast. Connor is on Twitter, at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, Monday Night Football, the Minnesota Vikings hosting the San Francisco 49ers. And while we await official word, and we won't get it probably for a couple days on, like, is Christian McCaffrey going to play? Is Trent Williams going to play? What about Debo Samuel for the San Francisco 49ers? Your bet, though, in this game emanates not from the Niners' side, but from the Vikings' side. What do you have for us on Monday night as Minnesota hosts San Francisco? Yeah, and I'm, I'm coming on a show here and talking about a bunch of unders. I, you know, I think the listeners are probably sleeping through this point of the segment, but I'm going to go with the Vikings team total here, Connor, under 18 our, and a half. Our listeners, our listeners and viewers are, just want to win. Just win, yeah. baby. Unders, are there overs, bets? Money's green, baby, Are there bets? Right? Okay, I'm interested. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, so yeah, so it's, I like the under at 18 and a half there for their team total there. Uh, I mean, the offense did not look good without Justin Jefferson. You're getting a San Francisco defense that's been pretty stellar so far this year. Um, and so I think in this spot too, it's kind of similar to what we talked about the last game here. Like if the uh, 49ers offense, like if CMC can't go, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, like they have a lot of questions offensively there. If all those guys were good, you know, I think that they could probably push the pace and it might get a little bit dicey here with this Vikings offense. But I'm just not sure that that's really the case in this spot here, too. And I'm also also really intrigued to see what the Vikings do defensively. They blitzed the Bears over 70% of their dropbacks last week because they knew that Justin Fields can't handle the pressure. And so, I mean, we saw Brock pretty crumble a little bit in certain times. And I don't necessarily blame him given the injuries and everything. Uh, and so, obviously, this defense is significantly different than what we see. But I think that that's probably going to be some of their MO as well, like blitz a bunch and kind of keep this game a little bit rocky. And so I think that if that's the case here, we're going to be looking at a little bit more of a low-scoring game in this one. So, uh, yeah, the under 18 and a half, I think, is pretty interesting. Connor, Thursday night football, obviously, it feels like every game has quarterback news attached to it, right? And we've done a couple games even with you that have quarterback news as well. Seems like Trevor Lawrence more likely to play than not. We're, we're definitely trending in that direction. It's funny that despite that, Saints actually got out to two and a half even in some plays. So, like, it's, oh, you know, Lawrence, oh, I think maybe he's going to play. Oh, cool, Saints. Like, that's what people's response to that was, which was kind of interesting. So, Saints, two, two and a half at home Thursday night tonight on Thursday night football. Total has still been like 40 and a half, 41, kind of ping-ponging uh, back and forth, maybe because we don't really know what condition Lawrence is going to be in the game. Any props for you tonight? Even a thought on the side in total if you don't have a bet. Yeah, that was the interesting part is that there was a little bit of over money as well that came with the Saints. So it's like if Lawrence plays, okay, I guess you can make a case for the over, right? But like, why are you betting? Why are the Saints also getting money at the same time? So that didn't really make sense. 
uh, in my mind specifically. But I have two plays for this game, both unders. Uh, Alvin Kamara, I played under uh, 52 and a half rushing yards at open. I think we're looking at 47, 48 now. I still really think this is a good look here. You saw a ton of work. It was like 41 carries last two weeks. But the key is Jamal Williams is returning off of IR. And now they're running into a tough matchup here against the Jags. Jags. 3.4 yards per carry allowed to running backs. have allowed just two running backs to clear 50 yards a season. And the Saints are rolling in without three of their starting offensive linemen, I believe, at this point. So, I mean, it's really tough here. We're going to have workload concerns, efficiency concerns. If Lawrence can get ahead at, at all, you know, if he's playing normally, I think that we're looking at, you know, potentially game script concerns too. So there's so many different outs for this Kamara under. And then one more under that I like in this game would be Calvin Ridley's under on receptions. The yards are a little bit dicey, but if we look so far at his splits, just a 15.6% target share against man coverage so far this season. And the Saints play man defense at one of the highest rates in the league. Also, historically, or at least the last uh, couple of weeks, he's eaten against cover three defenses, which I uh, saw over 40% of his targets against the Colts in that, that aspect. And the Saints run that at one of the lowest rates in the league as well. So I think if Lawrence, especially if he's not 100%, uh, you know, really hasn't necessarily been able to connect with him already. So a little bit of tough man defense, I think, kind of stifles his reception look there as well. Uh, Connor is a hashtag Chicago guy, so I'll ask about the Bears-Raiders game here. Uh, the Raiders, Connor, two-and-a-half-point road favorites here. Tyson Bagent going to start for Chicago in all likelihood, and we know Garoppolo's out. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting that earlier, so either Hoyer or O'Connell for the Raiders. Uh, Vegas gets bet off three. It's uh, two-and-a-half, two-and-a-half for the Raiders. Total is 37. Uh, any thoughts here on the Raiders and the Bears in uh, your neck of the woods? Yeah, I'm excited to watch Tyson Badgett because it's just always exciting to see new things when, uh, you know, whatever we've had going on has not really worked all that well. So it kind of gives you like this false sense of hope where, you know, you see these videos of him rapping and, you know, like looking cool and interesting. And it's kind of like fun, you know, it's gives a one in five team some hope, one in six teams some hope. So I think in this spot here, though, like in all seriousness, I mean, I have very little faith in, in this uh, Bears offense to do, do a whole lot of anything here. I think it looks like they're going to get Roshan Johnson back, but their offensive line is banged up. I don't think the Raiders defense is particularly good, but again, I have no faith in uh, the Bears like moving the ball consistently. And then same with the Raiders. Like The Bears did get a bunch more players back last week. They played really well against the Vikings, who, I mean, I guess are probably better than the, the current iteration of this Raiders offense at this point. Uh, I, I mean, it's just really tough to tell. So for me, it's just a complete stay away. Uh, I'll probably have some fun money on the Bears money line. Just, you know, why not? Connor, we'll do prop bets for you for Sunday in a second. We're going to continue awards later in the show. We haven't done coach of the year yet. And I'm sure, you know, like you probably thought about this a little bit. Every time I go on X slash Twitter, it's like, here's a video of Dan Campbell doing something really awesome. Oh, what's below that? Here's a video of Mike McDaniel doing something really awesome. And their, their teams just keep winning and they keep getting all of the spotlight. And they're the two favorites for coach of the year right now. Do you think it's one or the other? Or I'll give you the field as a third option. If you had to bet coach of the year right now, even pr price notwithstanding, Campbell McDaniel the field maybe in about 30 seconds here we'll do props yeah i was trying to look up the wards here but we're looking at yeah dan campbell plus 250 mike mcdaniel plus 275 i still like mcdaniel here i think that he's like basically you know revolutionizing almost like offense here and i obviously dan campbell is doing a great job and being you know a man of the people coach here and everything but i just what mike mcdaniel's done with you know the motion and the plays that he's running it seems like every week there's something new that uh, is innovative there. So I, I think that that's going to be them, especially if the Dolphins win the division here and, and kind of keep rolling. All right, Connor, we got about a minute here. All the other prop bets that you like coming up for week seven for our listeners and viewers. Yeah, I'm going to give you two more here. One is going to be the Tua and the Dolphins passing offense. We're sticking on that topic here. I like them to go over some of their matchup against Philly. I think they're a little bit overrated at this point. So we're looking at the Dolphins offense, the most explosive passing offense and 
uh, in the league right now, matching up against a defense that's 31st in explosive pass rate allowed despite playing against the Patriots, Commanders, Bucks, Jets, and then they allowed 364 yards and four touchdowns to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Uh, I think in this spot here, we're going to see the Dolphins kind of be able to expose them there. Also, the Eagles run defense is, is obviously really stout, but I think that the way that the Dolphins run the ball with having guys line up in the slot and get a full head of steam and kind of like not running directly into the teeth of the defense might mitigate some of the edge that Philadelphia normally has in the trenches there. And so I think all those factors combined, I think you can play like Miami team total over. I think you could play two overs. Jalen Waddle overs are probably a little too light. Maybe some alts there. I think he's kind of due for a big game here coming up pretty soon. Uh, and then uh, real quick, I think a, a super underrated one, Isaiah Hodgins, under nine, under whatever you can get, nine routes last week. He's not going to play anymore. So take that under. Naga, Naga, not going to play here anymore for uh, with no. Jalen Hyatt having you served him in the Giants passing game. Uh, Connor, we appreciate it. Check out Move the Line, his NFL betting podcast, 4 for 4 Betsperts at Connor Allen NFL on Twitter. My friend, good luck with the bet. Stay well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Talk next week. Our pal Connor Allen joining us here on You Better, You Bet. Can I tell you, I love the NFL. I love bets of steel. But more NFL award talk, though, coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Our king, Chris Myers, back in our lives. C.J. Stroud and the Texans uh, win last week against uh, the New Orleans Saints, and as a result of that, uh, and also, you know, the fact that he's awesome and uh, Devin Achan's hurt for Miami, uh, C.J. Stroud is your your betting favorite now to be Offensive Rookie of the Year and a, and a pretty big favorite to an Offensive Rookie of the Year. We'll get to that market coming up in just a second. Steve Berline from CBS Sports will join us in 20 minutes. Pro better Joey Kanish stops by in 40 minutes at 5.20 p.m. Eastern Time. And one hour from now, for all of you, hashtag sickos out there, bets of steel earlier in the show featuring bets for tonight from hockey legend Jeremy Roenick, coming up one hour from now at 5.40 p.m. Eastern time. Evan Silva still to come as well, and all our bets Thursday Night Football for the Jaguars and the Saints still to come as well. But, Jake, let's fade the music up here, and, Ken, let's get into Offensive Rookie of the Year, where, as we, as I said a few moments ago, C.J. Stroud out to a minus price now to an Offensive Rookie of the Year. Stroud, minus 145. Puka Nakua is now the second choice. Uh, the Rams' rookie wide receiver is 5-1. to one. Bijan Robinson, actually... Our guy Adam Chernoff came on earlier and was like, hey, Bijan stunk last week. Also, like, Arthur Smith gives the ball to Tyler Algier a million times, and Bijan runs, like, 90 passing routes. So I, I didn't really agree with Chernoff there, but, like, the numbers have not been great for Bijan. Hashtag it's not what you want. Bijan plus 550. Jordan Addison, 16 to 1. Uh, Zay Flowers at 20. Devin Achan, who's out for, like, at least another three weeks, 25 to 1. Uh, Lions rookie tight end Sam Laporta at 40. Jameer Gibbs of the Lions, who's going to be like their, their future back this weekend, it looks like, with David Montgomery out. And Rasheed Rice of the Chiefs at 50. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 66. He's starting to get more involved in the Seahawks offense. Bryce Young is 80-1 to with the Panthers on their bye. And a new play caller after the bye, an offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown. And I figured I would just throw this out there because I'm sure, like, I don't know, Ken, if you've been asked about this guy already. But, like, you know, what if Tyson Bagent is good? 
and like he just keeps playing for the Bears. He's 150 to one. So I just figured I would toss him in there just because he's starting this weekend for the Bears. Uh, thoughts here, Ken, on Offensive Rookie of the Year. P squared, B squared, NFL Awards continues. Yeah, the the Bajent thing is is funny, right? Because it's like, well, like Brock Purdy last year, like didn't when when was Brock Purdy's first start? Like week nine, week ten, maybe something like that. Later, um, and and won every start and like actually got votes. Now that was a really bad offensive rookie of the year class because people missed a lot of games and you know like Garrett Wilson had the best numbers sort of. I just if it's going to be like. The, you know, that Brock Purdy played for Kyle Shanahan. Like, that's why that case was made. And that's why he was able to do that. And like, cool, like Tyson Bajent can be good. And I don't I don't really care, honestly, like yet. Uh, and I don't have to care yet. Uh, this is the award that's the closest to being over. Not that it's close to being over, but it's the closest to being over just because of attrition. Because like people just can't stay healthy and can't get a stranglehold on like the feature role in their particular offense. And so like there's just not a lot of competition for CJ Stroud. And it's the the lack of competition is starting to get so jarring that I honestly think he could start playing worse and he'd still win easily, which is like really wild because like Bijan's just not getting explosive plays. And like you mentioned, like he's splitting carries still. Uh, you know, Puka Nakua, like, can have good statistical games still, but, like, look what Cooper Cup did to the Cardinals last week, and, like, look what Puka Nakua didn't do to the Cardinals last week, and it's like, Cooper Cup's gonna be around for a while, and he's awesome, and it's not that Nakua, again, can't have a good season, but, like, Offensive Rookie of the Year now, like, that that seems kind of tough. A-chan's hurt. Uh, you go down the list, Addison, like, that was Addison's best chance to have, like, a nuclear kind of a game. Like, Bears defense, no Jefferson, and he gave you, what, like, 50 and a touchdown? Like something like that and it's got to be way better than that for him to win and oh by the way it's the niners this week like it sounds awesome uh just it you just look down the list like I, i'd love to make a case for someone else we bet a lot of stroud when hn got hurt thinking that his price would improve and some Bijan. and i'm really comfortable to hold on to that right now and i think i'm gonna end up with the winner a lot of the time if stroud stays healthy so there's so little to do here at the top just like to bring it up though, and you and I, I think have talked hashtag off air or on air. You and I have just talked about this a little bit, and I do actually think that it's this will sound nuts, but I don't think it's nuts to Nick, and I don't think it's nuts to me that like is the second most likely player to win offensive rookie of the year, Bryce Young. Not the most likely, not the most likely, is the second most likely. Like Stroud is the most likely by far, but like we see we see what this is with Bijan. We know what this is, and it's not a winner. Like, Nakua with Cup back, we see what this is, and it's not a winner. A-chan's hurt. Like, yeah, he could come back in four weeks, and then, like, would have to average, like, 250 yards. Oh, by the way, Mostert has 70 touchdowns. So just, like, he not a winner, like, because of the injury. Like, Tank Dell, concussion, like, not having Jackson Smith and Jigba, role can improve, still the third receiver. Like, probably not a winner. Just, like... If Bryce, could Bryce Young just start playing better? Like, is that realistic? I think like, it already could happened. He just, right. He played well like, against I mean, Miami. They just gave up even points. On Sunday. Yeah. So it just like, can this happen? And what is the threshold where like, what does good mean where he could get back in this discussion? I know that sounds crazy because like they've been the worst, the worst. And that's why his price is crazy. But like, he's the number one pick. If he ever started being good, you don't think this thing would catch fire crazily over like a two to three week period? So like, 
it's these other guys are interesting and you need an like i think in literally all their cases you need an injury for the case to like another injury in addison's case maybe or something for the case to even happen they're all non-winners to me stroud's a winner and like if bryce young can get better which is a big if a huge if he can still it's early he can still be a winner easily here just like look how far his price has got out to so maybe it's not this week maybe it's next week like we have this week's games houston's on a buy too for what it's worth stroud and maybe it's like maybe some book let bryce young get to 200 or 150 or like an afterthought price right where like you just put a couple bucks on it like it's the number one pick i i honestly think Maybe he's not the second most likely, but like maybe he is. He's at least in that discussion because he just has to play better. The opportunity's there. The problem with all these other guys is the opportunity's not there. Um, couple things. Number one, let's say that Bryce like Bryce Young starts playing better. There is a narrative that has now emerged that will say, well, actually, hashtag well actually, it wasn't Bryce Young's fault that he played poorly. Frank Reich his, pre, his play calling was prehistoric, and now he has given it up to the, like, the Sean McVay understudy, like the wonder kid, Thomas Brown, who's now going to be calling plays. So I think that Bryce Young doesn't go under the bus. I think Frank Reich goes under the bus. And Frank Reich would also be credited for, like, giving the play. That actually doesn't hurt Frank Reich. But I think, like, excuses can be made for Bryce Young. Also, the Carolina Panthers are on the bye this week. The Houston Texans are on the bye this week. When both teams return in week eight off the bye on yeah. Sunday, October 29th, they will play each other in Carolina. Panthers host the Texans coming up in week eight. So it'll be Young v. Stroud, the first overall pick against the second overall pick. And then on November 5th, the Panthers host the Colts with Gardner Minshew, not Anthony Richardson. On November 9th, on a Thursday night, the Panthers go to Chicago. I think that's a Thursday, at least. Maybe I'm wrong. Whatever. Anyway, they play the Bears. So that could be... So the, How many Thursday games do the, the, the frickin' Bears play? Like, <laughs> God. So anyway, we get... A lot. Just like, yeah, because that's, that's what we need in primetime is more Matt Eberflus. Like, Panthers could be three and six, possibly. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Just like, it wouldn't be impossible for it to happen. And, I, and also, I'm a Bryce Young fan. Yeah. Also, uh, for people who are curious, like, your team record... Yeah, like, if it's Stroud versus Young and Stroud wins way more, then that will be, like, a tiebreaker or, like, an edge for Stroud. But if they both don't win a lot and Stroud has, like, three more wins, but Young has better stats at the end of the year, Young's winning. Like, that's what's going to happen. Like, this is, wins is not, like, some predictive stat. Otherwise, otherwise Brock Purdy would have won last year. He literally didn't lose. Like, it like, doesn't matter. Like, it not doesn't matter, but, like, doesn't matter to the degree you probably think it does. So you might think Young's behind because he hasn't won yet. I don't care at all about that. If the stats are there and they go five and 12, I think he'll win. So just like, I, it's again, this isn't like this is going to happen. Ken says Bryce Young's going to win rookie of the year. Like nothing like that. Just right now, like you have a really obvious, clear, unbeatable favorite right now who is properly priced. And you have an insane long shot that might actually be the most likely guy to catch him. And they play each other. Like, that's kind of nuts as, like, a handicap of a market. So I think this is going to dominate, like, the discussion of this market next week prior to their game. And I would not be surprised uh, if we are advocating even more strongly for purchasing some Bryce Young to go along with the strat we already have. Uh, you better you bet with Nick and Ken talking awards in the National Football League. I, I do want to mention this here, Ken, and maybe you can give us, like, a, just a thought on this market. Um, and, and we'll get more concrete information tomorrow on Friday. Uh, the Steelers adding star pass rusher TJ Watt 
to the injury report. Did not practice today with what the team said is a heel injury. So TJ Watt does not practice with a heel injury. Obviously, the Friday injury report like will will mean more. Uh, in a related story, the Rams are now three minus fifteen for the game against Pittsburgh on Sunday. Uh, so we don't know that he's not going to play. Maybe he plays and he dominates, but a little uncertainty now. Um, does that change the way you feel about the defensive player of the year market? Uh, no, only because like the Garrett and Parsons are so short pressed anyway. Like if the idea was like, oh, well, you just bet both of them be like, well, I'm creating a bet that's like minus price that pays in six months and I can still be wrong anyway because Hutchinson can win or Watt could come back in a week. It's just like there isn't a great way to take advantage. Honestly, the way to take advantage of it is if he doesn't play, the Rams are way more likely to win. Like, obviously, uh, yep. uh, I, I don't think yep. I've ever seen a player so correlated to win loss record connected to their team than he is to the Steelers, where like the record when he plays is that insane and when he doesn't, it's brutal. Right. Yeah, a non-quarterback where the record, that's kind of what I was implying. I, I'm glad you brought that up. It's just a, a remarkable set of statistics of like when he plays and doesn't play and how the Steelers perform both ways. That game, by the way, and we haven't really, I haven't really said that yet. That is an insanely high leverage award game, by the way, too, that game, because you have two teams that like might get back in the playoff mix in their respective conferences. And the winner of that game gets a big springboard to do so. And the loser, you maybe lose interest in both coaches, especially in that game. Pretty interesting. And you got Cooper Cup, obviously, comeback player of the year also. Absolutely. I mean, he should have, whether they win or lose, you would think the Cooper Cup's going to have a good game. You know, because he's awesome. Uh, all right, so Offensive Rookie of the Year and an injury update on TJ Watt here in this segment. We will get to Defensive Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year as we move along. But man, we got we got so much to do here in the next two hours of the show. As we, as I just referenced, we'll hit those three award markets. We got two great guests joining us in hour number three. Steve Berline will kick it off coming up in a couple minutes here. Steve Berline starts the hour from the NFL on CBS. Joey Kinish will give us his favorite college football guests uh, bets as well in hour number three. Bets of Steel, all our hockey bets to end our number three and all our bets for tonight in the Power Hour final hour of the show. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked here. You better you bet Nick and Ken on a Thursday. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.